at least I have some material with your obscene text messages yet again. I guess not obscene. There wasn't obscene this time. I don't re- actually it's really remember what it was. Really It was <laughs> something along the lines of that Angela Bassett. What a lady. <laughs> <laughs> something of that nature. That's exactly how I would have said it. It's actually funny that that's what you led with because I got into a not a heated argument, but I was a little bit taken aback at work that a coworker of mine mentioned Angela Bassett as like one of the all time, the all time greats of, uh, well, I guess you could say female, but in this particular case, the heterosexual male infatuation. He was saying, yes, sure. absolutely. And I don't think it would surprise you that I didn't get it. I was like, really? I have never really heard that. Like, I remember her being considered one of the great uh, actresses of the 90s. Like, you know, she was talked about. Right. She, she would be talked about more in like that Meryl Streep vein. Like, oh, she's because she starting with what was it? Uh, What's love got to do with it? Right. 93, I think. Yeah. Strange Days, uh, Waiting to Exhale. Like she had a lot of hits and sort of populist, uh, dramatic figure. But I, I don't remember. And, and maybe it was, you know, it's this movie because I'd never seen it. Uh-huh. I'd, I'd never seen this. I didn't remember her as some sort of like sex icon. Sex symbol. Because of Waiting yeah. to Exhale, even now, like if I saw a GIF or like a clip in a, like a, like an Academy Awards like package reel, it would be her smoking, like setting her ex's stuff on fire. Clothes like, and car on vengeance. fire and all that. Yeah. 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 So, so let me ask you this. Okay. What you're your coworker, black or white? <laughs> I'll he just is, narrow he, it down to two. He, uh, he well, yes, he is a sixty-seven-year-old Asian man. No, he is. Oh, he is no, he is. He is a black man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a as Bomani Jones often says, a tale of two Americas. Because in the African American community, she is like one of the great sex symbols, like ageless beauty, Angela Bassett. She's sixty years old. She still looks twenty. That kind of thing. Um, so. I'm not surprised because it's kind of in this um, 
uh, it's kind of pocketed, right? It's in a pluralistic kind of thing where I would wager to say that most of my, my white friends would be like, oh, yeah, she's a pretty good actress. And then a lot of my, my black male friends would be like, damn, Angela Bassett, though. What is that, though? Because she's an attractive woman. It's not like she is. She it is. is. And she's not, you know, playing the comedic sidekick or anything. Right. But yeah, I never, like, my wife, for instance, has a distaste for Scarlett Johansson. And it's rare that she'll say nice things about her because she feels that like at least the roles that she's been offered or taken have been like overly sexualized and it makes her like uncomfortable. So like when I show her something like Ghost World, she's yeah. like, oh, OK, I get it. Of course, she's also like a teenager there, but she's like she's playing, quote unquote, just a normal woman uh, right. who is uh, and I don't I don't know if that's necessarily fair to Scarlett Johansson. But uh, in my mind, Angela Bassett, I don't think would have had those same issues i don't think uh like my wife would be like good lord they're constantly no. just focusing on her body way too much uh so it just it just caught me off guard but this think, one's a I little different in a, in a lot of ways uh especially if you're a minority the there's a monopoly as far as hitting that quota and i think Halle berry was the <laughs> like the minority pick for the 90s to be that crossover hmm. sex symbol um because you really don't i mean as far as in acting, right? I, I can't really think of any other um, black actress that kind of got propped up. Not to say that she didn't deserve it, of course, but propped up in that manner and had the kind of the run that she had. You could have said Robin Givens, but we're talking like two films. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it kind of belonged to her. Um, and then you, you had a, a lot of other actresses that were kind of just um, playing second uh, place for that. Uh, it kind of in that wider audience. But but yeah, if you if you ask. Uh, uh, other folks, yeah, yeah, Angela Bassett, yeah, yeah, she's the one on that one. Even while I was watching Black Panther, kind of had that that moment. It's like, yeah, even Black Panther, really, sure, <laughs> just throwing a bone there, like, yeah. Well, what does Michael B. Jordan say? Uh, Killmonger, he says, uh, like, hi, auntie, like, hey, auntie, and that kind of hmm. like, yeah, hey, sexy older woman, kind of thing, yeah. The only one we could agree on, I guess, is uh, two different uh, races working together, uh, shooting the shit. Really just, <laughs> you know, doing normal, I guess, straight guy things of like, oh, she's hot. That sort of thing was, uh, strangely, Regina Hall was one that we could both shake hand, hands on. Uh, and I, I found that to be an oddball pick from both of us because she definitely is playing, I mentioned, like the sidekick character quite often right. in films. Um, all right, let's get to how Stella got her groove back, which, uh, okay. So had you seen this before? I had not seen this. I had not. Um, it, it, it's another one of those films that, that growing up, uh, you, you heard about all the time, especially like in a black household. There are a couple of, uh, films in the nineties, the uh, that, that it's kind of like, oh, you, of course you've seen Boomerang. Uh, you've seen, even though it's it, towards the end of the eighties, you've seen coming to America. It's kind of like that rite of passage. Um, but I was even texting my sister about it today. And, and I was like, you know, are you, are you surprised that this is a first time watch for me? Cause I was kind of telling her about what I was doing. And she's like, and she was, you know, pretty blunt. Uh, this, this wasn't marketed towards men, uh, just straight up, and nope. regardless of, of of race, ethnicity, or anything else, this isn't for you as far as how it was presented. So no, I, I had never, I'd never had the opportunity. I mean, you make fun of my uh, age on this podcast, uh, being so elderly <laughs> compared to you, but uh, both of us would have been far too young for this to understand this like we're younger than the uh the, the young man who they basically call a baby like the angela bassett is a oh, cradle yeah. robber of sorts 
And so my memories of it was, oh, that's for that's for older women. That's for moms or whatever. Like it's a bit of a – it's not that far moved from uh, – like Crazy Rich Asians is one that maybe has more crossover appeal because the, the, the two leads are younger. But it has yeah. this sort of wish fulfillment fantasy – vacation element like you're, you're going to be exposed to to things that uh only on vacation and this one it is literally a vacation that she's sort of forced to go in on because she's this uh kind of cliched uh very successful stockbroker like you know, yeah. this killer in that world uh successful at being a single mother uh but i guess she's presented as maybe somewhat a stick in the mud um but i, I, I like the way it's presented it's not just like Oh, she's boring to be around. It's that she's not allowing herself to have fun. Like it seems like her friends recognize, yeah, th- right. there's more to her than all of this. Even if you know her coworkers don't see it, and she just needs like a, a gentle push. And uh, boy, when she gets to Jamaica, she <laughs> she, <laughs> she doesn't take much pushing. Does it? <laughs> well, not with I guess Tay Diggs uh, here. What's your name, young man? My name is Winston. Winston Shakespeare. <laughs> and yours, young lady. My name's Stella Winston. Mm-hmm. See, I gave you two names. You only gave me one. Well, the one I gave you was real, Mr. Shakespeare. You didn't know Shakespeare was really black. Yeah, man. Socrates, too. So, um, where's your husband? What makes you think I have one? Okay, where's your boyfriend? <laughs> you know, you ask a lot of questions to be so young. Where are your parents? And how old are you? My parents are at home. Where they belong. And how old do you think I am? 25. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I'll be 21 on my next birthday, so that makes me 20. He's not even legal. And you are? 40. No, truthfully. Oh, let's not go there, okay? You look really, really good. I mean, I've never seen a 40-year-old woman who looks like you. Thanks. Uh, so, what, um, what brings you here to Jamaica? I needed a vacation. What about you? Why are you here? Oh, I'm here staying with a friend of mine mm. who works mm. at the mm. resort. I just got my degree in biology, uh, but I don't know what to do with it, so... I'm here trying to land a summer job. Ooh. Possibly learn to be a chef. Oh. Winston, is it? Yes. That's nice. Wait, uh, you haven't finished your breakfast yet. Oh, yes, I have. Okay, uh, will you be going to the, uh, the pajama disco tonight? The what? We wore our bed clothes and, uh, well, we party, you know, we dance. We have a good time. <laughs> you can't be serious. No, come on, no. I mean, it's your first night in Jamaica. With his, um, I, I like Tay Diggs. I'm a huge fan uh, of his, and I, I wish he had become, like, a much bigger movie star. Like, I mean, he's still sure. a very successful uh, actor on stage and TV and film. Other than getting into the sort of uh, the racist implications of Hollywood, as you said, Right. Having a certain allotment of minorities on screen, like that they'll end, like how Halle Berry got in for the 90s and the 2000s. Uh, I'm going to go with my wife's um, more bright eyed assessment of him. Mm. Short, very short. And you know, my wife is a taller lady, and right. seeing him on the screen in a, uh, I guess, a romantic setting, 
He's like he's he's kind of a little guy, and they, so he doesn't quite fit the bill of that. The presence, yeah. right? <clears throat> well, a couple things. Uh, you're, you're right. Even though he's you know he's, he's cut up, you can mm-hmm. tell he's in really great shape. Obviously, uh, he is small, uh, but so is Tom Cruise, right? I, I mean, thought about that, but how often? I feel like Tom Cruise has actually maybe since the eighties has run away from sex in his films. Like he's, he has definitely, he's fine with being on a motorcycle doing his like stunts and all of that. Sure. But as far as him being in a, just a pure romance where it's him standing toe toe with a woman and there's, <laughs> there's all sorts of Scientology <laughs> allegations we can get into. Uh, that's why I love eyes wide shut so much. I think he's a perfect fit for that because I'm thinking, man, Tom Cruise on screen, he does seem very uncomfortable with intimacy, like and being in yeah. that sort of relationship. I wonder if that's a part of it because there have been a lot of jokes about him as well. Well, and, and for and I, you know, I'm not. <laughs> this is just uh, an attack I'm, on short people. <laughs> exactly. Well, we know a few. Um, their character is as small as their stature. But um, <laughs> shout out to Dave of a podcast directed by. <laughs> I always got to get my zingers in. I mean, he's not really. Even though we know he's kind of a small man, he doesn't really look like a small man because in a lot of ways he's, he's kind of shot in this sort mm. of kind of grandiose kind of, kind yeah. of um, perspective. I don't know if they do that on purpose. I would say there's probably some of it to that, but, uh, but you're right. I, I do think that, that Diggs is talented enough to have, to have been a, a you know, a bigger star. I, I didn't even know this was his first film. Um, he got the role when he was in rent. He was still on the, on the stage. Of course that was, hugely successful like sort of like sure. the you know uh, a hamilton type crossover hit of its time uh but yeah as far as him coming and uh i, I do another podcast 99 from 99 and there was three or four tay diggs movies we covered now he's not necessarily he's it's ensemble pieces but it really did feel like okay they are you, you can tell when someone's getting a push like you know someone's right. like okay maybe maybe he's gonna take the next step I do think, though, and I'll disagree with my wife only in the sense she watched this with me. I actually feel like his stature contributes to this in the sense that how often we are meant at certain points of him to look at him as a child. As opposed to if he was four <laughs> and like, you know, 220, 230, you would be like, you'd have to remind the audience again, how old is he again? Uh, he doesn't look sure. like a kid. He looks like a full grown man. It's fine. Whatever he can like. And there's there are definitely some sequences when I guess things when they come back to America from this, you know, this idyllic vacation setting where I guess he's watching, is it like a, one of those like fake Seinfeld movie type things that's supposed to be like half baked or like yeah. Jason Confused, yeah. some sort of silly comedy that's meant to be like, Oh, this is what your boyfriend's into. Like they have little things like that, but I actually do think his physical stature does kind of contribute to it as far as how often people are literally sort of looking down on him and looking like someone that, is a plaything that should have been cast aside long ago. Sure. I mean, he's not much larger, right. Than her son who is 11. And if he, I think he was 20 or something like that when mm-hmm. they met. So nine years older, uh, her son goes through puberty and a year or two <laughs> and he's, uh, passing by, especially when you see by, by pretty dramatic contrast, what her ex-husband looks like mm. by comparison to him. 
And now you actually made me think about the fact that every other male character, like the two guys that uh, her friend was trying to, uh, you know, Whoopi Goldberg's character was trying to hook her up with uh, in Jamaica, uh, as well as her ex-husband. They're all larger men with facial hair, uh, with patches of gray. Mm -hmm. Um, So that is – I would – prefer to say that that was intended to be the case to to cast someone um that while well, you know fit good looking is small and she you know angela bass has such screen presence and you know physicality to pretty much everything every role that she's ever been in um and i think that also kind of leads to uh you know a an example of the differences between the two of them right she is kind of elevated in stature in uh what she's doing with her life she's incredibly successful and you have a, a a cook in Jamaica who is quite small um, in kind of multiple senses. Did you find uh, the uh, it's it's like a series of pushbacks like that? Some of it is in uh, uh, Jamaica itself when he I guess oversteps. I don't know. He wants her to meet his parents, and he doesn't seem any he doesn't put that on a pedestal as far as like we're we're overreaching here he's just like well why wouldn't i like i i want my parents to know about my life and like where i'm at right now like it seems like he's looking at her the like why would, why would you be intentionally like dishonest about like your life to like the people you love which when you frame it that way you're like okay now angela bassett i guess we should feel like shits because i'm i'm initially with her i'm like ooh, this is uncomfortable and i don't know if i'd i'd want to be in that meeting with the parents already uh now he ends up being wrong as the mother does not seem pleased at all to to see uh such an opposing woman in angela bassett like a a grown woman very accomplished uh which i i'm guessing if it was um i don't know how how do you feel if it was if it was a man and a woman because we're far more accustomed to seeing that especially in movies and in life as far as an older man uh i'm trying to think what age what age would it have to be for the the man to be on the receiving end of that conversation of you're being a cradle robber here? I think uh, a lot of it could be dependent on who is uh, the audience in that case. So is the audience, uh, the parents is the audience, the, the friend group, Um, you know, there wouldn't maybe nearly be much or as much said, if, you know, if it were a 40 year old male with a 25 year old walking around in public, you know, like you said, there's a more of a societal acceptance. I, <laughs> I think maybe 25 think, is a good age that we just stop caring about I try to women. Bump it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, tw- yeah. 25 is just like whatever, <laughs> whatever you do now, <laughs> it's in God's You've hands. You've already had 10 kids already <laughs> at the age of 13. It's fine. Well, but but you know, by the time you know, if I I, I kind of think that if even if it reversed, the genders were reversed, bringing um, a significant other to your to your parents' home and you're still being taken care of by your parents, um, where they kind of can lay out some of these expectations they have for you. And there being such an age gap, especially if the age gap means that they're closer in age, would be uh, uncomfortable for most. And I think in and of itself, that brings an interesting dynamic because it kind of validates uh, Angela Bassett, right? But she is afraid of you know being around a, a young man that she finds attractive, but is young in how he thinks about things. So regardless of whether it's a right or wrong thing, the fact that he doesn't have the awareness that his parents would feel a certain type of way about it is pretty telling to her, right? She, she's she's basically from the vantage point of had had you not even processed that this would be, would be problematic? Like, why didn't you come to me and have this discussion? Why didn't you have an awareness that I would feel a certain type of way about it? Oh, it's because you're young. 
And you haven't even developed your own insight, much less the insight of how other people think and feel. And so it, it kind of speaks to that for her. She's, I mean, she's a, she's a controlling lady. Like it's, it's what you assume has gotten her to where she needs to be professionally. And as uh, you know, a, a woman raising her, her son, uh, a product of, of separation, divorce, but it does. I mean, it comes back later. Like he, uh, th- this is a. It's a strange one to see uh, uh, a big budget. Uh, I don't know how large the budget was, but a mainstream summer release from 1998, uh, mainstream film that is really predicated on emasculation to some extent. Now that's all. That's mainly due to the age disparity. But there's a scene later on where he's. Uh, you can tell he's nervous, but he's attempting to pay for a dinner, and it is clearly like for a 20 year old like the setting that she would feel most comfortable in or, you know, comfortable with what the bill would be, uh, is going to be outside (laughs) of his comfort zone, but he's attempting to do so. And it's a really interesting scene because, uh, she, she kind of decides that that's the the point where it's like to kind of call that out, like that you're to some degree, like it's like putting on your father's clothes or something. You're like you're playing dress up as an adult because she's like, well, you know, if you really like want to like take on like the responsibility of the man, you could help pay the mortgage. You could do this, that, the other, which clearly is it's a cheap shot because she she knows when she says it, he is not capable of that. Like he has been right. picked up and transplanted from Jamaica to this other country. It's a fresh new relationship. He's trying to find his way. Uh, but I, I can't, I'm trying to remember a scene in a, a romance like this. Cause I, I, don't, I don't know if I'd call it a pure rom-com. Like there's certainly the fancy element, but for the most part, you're getting into like melodrama here for long stretches yeah. where you have this scene where it's almost like Angela Bassett is just shadow boxing with herself. Like she knows that he's not have the answers. So it's like, she's having a deliberation that she's been having in her own mind and she's just saying it out loud in front of him, which just <laughs> makes it all the more uncomfortable but it's like she's angry more at herself for allowing this to go on for as long as it did. And it doesn't really matter what he says in that moment. So could we suggest that in a way uh, she's almost asking these rhetorical questions for him to have moments of reflection? Because if she is doing that, that's what a parent does, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? Like, <laughs> like when she asks a question that, that she's just she knows that he should know the answer to or if he doesn't, he'll figure it out. But she doesn't really need him to answer it like – because she doesn't know, she clearly knows that's what your parents do when they're trying to get you to have those moments of clarity, right? And it seems like in a lot of ways that throughout, she's known from the moment that she, you know, that he first batted his eyes at her, like, okay, this is a bad idea. Uh, I almost need him to understand that this is a bad idea. Um, and he, you know, he keeps rebut, you know, fighting back against it. And no, I'll prove to you that, you know, that to your point that I can wear my father's clothes, right? That I can stack two of me together and we can wear, we, we can wear that rain jacket. <laughs> Figuratively and literally, I guess. But um, again, shout out to a podcast directed by host Dave, <laughs> stacking two of them together <laughs> to make a real boy a full size. <laughs> Dave Pinocchio, but yeah. Like, so, so how does that scene play out for you? Like, let's say if you can go back to 1998, you're on a date night at the movies. At the uh, age of 10. At the age of 10. Uh, what, what age you up a little bit? Because I think you'd be, sure. it would be a strange 10 year old that would be out with his buddies <laughs> for a sleepover night to go see how Stella got her groove back. <laughs> what, what do you make of it? Cause I, I think in, 
the the films that I like uh, that are in the romance genre are the ones that I feel like if you were on a date, they make you maybe slightly uncomfortable. Not not to the point of it's like what you've seen is obscene uh, mm-hmm. or offensive, but. You know, you if we're gonna live the fantasy of going to the movies of being like, oh, I wonder what I would do in that situation. If you're with your respective partner, I always find it most interesting when you have like two completely different but equally valid points about how something played out in that in that thing. And I think this film accomplishes that at different points because while I think that the sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed perspective of Tay Diggs, at some point, you know, he's gonna have to be kind of slapped in the face with with reality. On the other hand, she is like taking full advantage of that. Like she knows, and we see it with men constantly. We see in a lot of movies where women are the uh, the princess to be captured. That right. really, it's their sexual appeal. It's how the women make the men feel that is important. And this is one of the rare times where it's like he he makes her feel good sexually, and just hit, and his low key personality does relieve pressure and stress for her. But it's we. I think from a woman, we expect them to have <laughs> limited amounts of joy, and that they have to eventually get their head on straight. Whereas if it was, if it was a man uh, chasing a manic pixie dream girl type, him just acquiring her is like, well, good. You know, he's got her now. He can he can go about and uh, she can re, uh, relieve the stress for him, and he can handle the rest of his business. But uh, with this film, it's like we're like, well, women should know better. <laughs> and so for long stretches, Angela Bassett can't even fully enjoy it without getting back to reality. And a lot of that is coming back to America and coming back to her job. Right. Well, and <clears throat> frankly, unsupportive friends. Oh, Lord. Well, first of all, welcome back, slut. I'd say that was a pretty accurate description. Can I at least get into the house without coming home to the instant bullshit? Next trip. I'm sorry, but Miss FBI agent over here grilled me so long and hard I had to tell her. Whatever. Can you at least help me with the bag? No. I got some good news. And I got a little bit of bad news. What? It's not Quincy, is it? No. If it was, Quincy, you were on the other side of the world partying, so what would you have done if it was? Hello, Angela. Plus, I hear you're a cradle robber. So you probably have a hard time keeping the children straight. Now, you didn't have to go there, Angela. Not at all. Whatever. No. Finnegan. Oh, girl, I love these berets. You look like a real hoochie mama. Don't say another word, Angela. Yeah, you'd be delivering in this driveway. Don't start with me. Well, anyway, before you get too pissed, they're about to cut off my cable and snatch back my Nordstrom's card if I don't pay. Because you know Chantel's day late daddy's late again with the check. So basically, can I borrow about $300 until whenever? So what's the good news? Did I say there was some good news? Yes. Oh, I'm still beautiful. (laughs) The beautiful one. Did you feed Phoenix and Chester, or are they dead? Don't worry, it's still Wild Kingdom up in there. Oh. What? The bad news is I had a little baby accident in your car. But I don't wait, no, what's the phone, Stella? Stella, this woman came out of nowhere, making a left turn out of the right lane. Can you believe it? Did anyone get hurt? No. Thank goodness. Why come you not acting pissed? Vanessa, it's just a thing. A stupid car, it can be fixed. Oh, uh uh-uh. Wait a minute, Stella. Uh -uh. That young boy must have put something on your ass. What happened to you? Nothing. Did you go down there and fall in love with a 20-year-old boy? Are you crazy? How could you stop? 
joke was so low. Mm, and I wanted to know how low did you go. Look at you, you're glowing and shit. You know, you ain't got the sense God gave you. All I've got to say is thank God it was just a little fling and you're not seeing him again. And you should be ashamed of yourself for being so desperate. See, Angela, you need to take your pregnant behind home right now because you could spoil a wet dream. For your information, I'm not completely stupid, nor have I committed any crime. All I did was sleep with him. Damn. <laughs> they wanted her to do this, and then they immediately make fun of her for it. Like, you idiot. The entire way. The the entire way. Uh, even even though, you know, Whoopi Goldberg's character eventually kind of hops on right before her untimely random passing. I did not like that at all. That, that little no. subplot. I could see that where this is based on a novel. You could have a lot of that stuff. But I'm. it just felt weird to me that the <laughs> the one friend that got her on this path – we have to take a moment to see her die. <laughs> so I honestly thought I wasn't paying attention. Like, did, <laughs> did, did, did they mention that this was like her one last getaway in the very beginning of the film? Where did cancer come from? Like it, it, it seemed kind of tacked on to just drive the fact that he would be there in this like scene coming in late at the funeral, which is really rude anyway. So see, I thought it was because the audience would expect Whoopi to be the voice of reason. So we have to remove her. As a sounding yeah. board so that Stella has to work it out on her own, has to come to her own conclusions without going to her for advice. Now, to be, I guess to be fair to the Whoopi character, she was initially pissed about this Tay Dix thing because he was basically cock-blocking her with, as you said, the gray-haired, <laughs> decrepit Cryptkeeper men that were, <laughs> that were, you know, she was needing Stella, I guess, as her wingman. Uh, yeah, that that was strange. But the rest of the friends, I, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't know if women... I think they would have questions, like at least like my wife and her girlfriends. When I hear them, and especially now, I'm actually hearing them more during this like pandemic life because I'm hearing them from like the iPad. They're doing their little Zoom stuff. Uh, I feel yeah. like they would ju- they would ask more questions as opposed to immediately jumping on her for this like cockamamie like uh, cradle robbing thing. I think they would be intrigued by it. They might not make the decision themselves, but I think they would vicariously live through Stella. With their you know boring husbands that are oh sure 60, so. oh, sure because for the most part you don't really see what the rest of them are doing as far as their relationship goes now the one sister who's really negative or, or I think it was her sister I'm not sure because um, I don't know if they mentioned that or not but uh, seemed to be really opposed to to the whole uh, relationship and was down on them every single time that she was she was around. And really never gave her the opportunity to 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 even discuss what do you like about him uh, besides the fact that he's 20 years old and in great shape. And and if that is the case, if that's the only thing that you're really into about him, uh, kudos that, you know, that that would again, that would be from my vantage point or or in, you know, my friend group. Because um, she I, is financially secure. There is a brief moment in the film where she uh, is being passed over. And so she quits her job. But then it's fairly quickly they offer it back because, you know, there's a yeah. scene where it's like, we can't do this without you. We 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 didn't fully comprehend how important you are, blah, blah, blah. And I guess the that they they remove the financial stability argument by having Tay Diggs voice that she should basically pursue happiness, like no matter the cost. He's saying, like, you're passionate about building furniture. So I have uh, done this little mini sort of grand gesture and provided that space for you that you have kind of forgotten in this garage space. Uh, but other than that, I feel like if he wasn't pushing her to quit her job, which brings financial instability back into the picture, really what he's doing 
doesn't matter. Like she's actually got everything covered. So him being able to pay for the, the dinners, that's not really a part of it. There's not the actual real probably. I mean, you would know obviously more than me, like with like couples, I'm assuming like f- financial problems is probably like I would, if you were doing a bingo, like that, the, that would be it. Yeah. It, well, exactly. I I think it, it speaks more to not whether or not he would actually be able to, to add anything to her life financially or take anything away from her life financially. It's the optics that he is, you know, a, a kid who wears just the, the random t-shirts that I was wearing in high school. And by comparison to the judge, right? When the, the judge is walking up after they've just watched that film, <clears throat> that that's an adult film. The things that he doesn't know how to do because he doesn't have his own money. Um, or, you know, having the, 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 the kind of the social manners of going to dinner, what that would look like. Yeah. The man is supposed to pay and the man is supposed to have the money to pay. I think it's the optics more than the actual ability to do is what seems to be problematic, uh, at least in their kind of ongoing arguments. How do you think this plays in 2020? That's a great question. Like, do you think younger audiences like discovering this film on a, streaming service or, or wherever. I think I watched this on Cinemax, which I think uh, Cinemax subscribers might uh, say, and I was one of them, like, hey, there's not enough sex in this. How Stella cut her I was back. surprised about that. You get one yeah. shower sequence, which is like, oh, okay, that's I, I expected more of this, but the Jamaica sequence is not not really what I was anticipating for this. So this, you know, coming off of our conversation on Fifty Shades, where we were like, hey, that one pulled its punches. I was like, this one, really? pulled his punches and maybe it was just the time, but I'm telling you, dude, I've been like watching a lot of movies. Like you suggested one uh, with Diane Keaton. So going back to the seventies for searching for Mr. Goodbar, going through the eighties, even the early nineties, God, we have, we have like really lost sex on screen. Like I was making fun of Tom Cruise and maybe he's <laughs> to blame for this. Maybe it's his ilk of movie stars. Uh, but it is few and far between that. We actually see that sort of joy on screen between two consenting Adults and I, I did think this one was going to have far more of it for the the fantasy element. Fully expected that there would be not you know not multiple sex scenes, but a little bit more kind of graphic in the sensuality of it. Um, like an action were, movie, like have have yeah. one that you would reference, like have a, <laughs> have a sex exactly. scene where it would be like, oh yeah, I remember that, and uh, like nine and a half weeks has the food stuff, and then people can still sure. reference that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just very different. And I don't know, maybe, maybe they felt if they overdid that, we wouldn't entertain any of this bullshit from Angela Bassett or friends. We'd be like, so what? <laughs> Look what you're getting. That would again, assume that this was made for us, for men, right? I, I, I don't know. I actually think women would be fucking pissed about this. Like I, I remember some of the criticisms from primarily, I guess the, uh, the audience, be it uh, you know homosexual men or heterosexual women or whomever, uh, for Magic Mike when it came out, the first one, that they're yeah. like, "What is this bullshit? Like, you're, we're dealing with like the economic crisis of like 2008 and the recession. Like, what is? I don't want to hear about <laughs> Channing Tatum's problems. Just get naked." And I feel like the sequel <laughs> was a course correction to that because XXL is the one that people reference now as far as those. The, the dancing sequences and the first one is like, all right, we apologize. We, try, we tried to, to give, give you a three dimensional character and you just want to see him in the buff. We understand now, which is, is fine. I mean, sure. I understand the so complaints there. If there's a house Stella two that ever comes around, 
We just want full frontal nudity for 90 minutes. Well, you know, we've, we've talked about Tay Diggs and his small stature. Maybe now's the time to, <laughs> to, to, to show that that does not matter. You know, just do a I'm complete here for it. course correction. <laughs> you know, him in the garage <laughs> in the nude, all of that. How do you think they played well t- together? Did it, despite the, the age differences, uh, chemistry wise, uh, that's something that I was kind of wondering throughout. Did it feel like there was this sexual tension before they actually engaged in it uh, when they first met? Because I thought, you know, they played it up incredibly well um, until you got to that scene where they first have the discussion about, um, you know, I guess, do you want to be intimate with me? And I don't know if it was the dialogue or how it was played, um, but it it was really off-putting. And it it was like, okay, this is the most – like not sexy moment yeah. uh, between two sexy individuals. I, I thought for the most part, I, I've seen some criticisms of uh, Tay Diggs' uh, accent, which I think comes up, you know, quite a bit. If you're, if, especially if you're American and you're going to do a Jamaican accent, which you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's sort of a lot of racist comedy that has sort of taken hold. So in American sure. culture, that's like a silly sounding accent. Like I think Australians would have the same beef as far as characters that are just used uh, as comedic beats. Uh, there was one with Kate McKinnon. I think she uh, called rough night with Scarlett Johansson uh, where she was just an Australian for no real reason. And I'm like, Oh, they just felt like it's not silly enough. Let's just, you know, give her a funny accent. I think, I agree with you. Like the, um, the courtship phase. Mm-hmm. I don't know if, uh, if it has that, uh, it doesn't make me believe that Angela Bassett would like be totally swept up on it. So it does make her in some ways feel more predatory that it's like, well, I don't care what your mouth is saying. <laughs> you're right. just, you're the, the, the best flesh around. Cause I've got these older men who have, uh, really no tact whatsoever, uh, who in one sequence, uh, even though everyone in this, uh, I guess on this like resort is getting naked resort. one night, um, you know, clearly when you have a man who's well past his prime, who's just flaunting <laughs> the, the amount of alcohol that has now gone to his gut, all of that in the buff, Tay Diggs looks pretty good, but it works better when it's not sexually stimulating in any way, like because he does come across as like too open and earnest that it's hard to really take him as like a fantasy object, except for the physical part. Like right. that. So I did, I did initially, like I was just a little bit like, I don't want to say on guard, but I just, uh, my perception of what this movie was having not watched it in the first 20 years of its existence. And I'd say for the first half hour, I was like, Oh, this is, so I guess this is not that now as it went on, it kind of became more what I thought it would. But yeah, I think Tay Diggs works for the melodrama stuff. I don't know if he is as handsome as he is. I don't know if he works as a se- sex object, at least the way they play the character. Yeah. I don't know. Is, and, and is that because this is his first film? I, I don't know. Is it like he having he that overmatched, even uh, he like does. as an acting presence with her, which he does. for the most Despite part, I think doing works well. Her. Yeah. I think it, you for know, the most part it works because his character should be overmatched by her. Uh, but yeah, that I don't, I, I think that maybe we're, we're reading into it, not what the filmmakers intended by thinking of her as a pure predator <laughs> at the beginning, as opposed to something that, uh, you sort of equally fall into this where both parties want this. It all, I mean, 
even from the jump when he's really coming on to her, it still feels like she's taking advantage as opposed to something that she sort of wakes up later and then starts to think about it after the fact. Right. Well, and is that because of the age difference and the life experience difference? And the, again, going back to thematically what we've kind of discussed, she knows how in life this kind of stuff can play. She knows how the parents would, would feel about it. She knows how her friends would feel about it, how people in public would perceive it. And he lacks that awareness. And so is that, as we as we kind of have said, is that responsibility, that burden on her to to disallow it from kind of transpiring at any point after she comes back to America? The phone call is the worst part. Like when he when he gets a hold of her at home because <laughs> she goes back to Jamaica. It's like, you know, that would be the point where you could be like, that was, that was wonderful. I appreciate it. You know, that yep. it was, it was, it's, it's going to be a great memory and I, I enjoyed meeting you. You know, maybe we'll meet again. That, Cause that's the point where you can say, we've not gone that far. And she goes back with her child <laughs> to meet this man. <laughs> Which actually, when you think about it, that that's a moment when, when, she kind of has the, an immature kind of scope of this whole thing playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that she she's pretty much saying, hey, son, do you want to go back to or do you want me to take you to Jamaica to meet this guy I've hung out with for two days? Because uh, he means that much to me. Um, and I want to create a blueprint for what relationships should look like. So this is important that you follow me and uh, bring this other young child who we've never seen before. I didn't know who that uh, was. I'm like, who is this person? No Why is she? In- yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, but, but that's a good. You know, that was my. That was an issue that I had, though. To your point, her going back uh, so abruptly, so randomly, and I was also thinking, what if <laughs> would the film have been dramatically different if uh, he hadn't gotten called into work, you know, for twenty four straight hours over a five day period? Would she have just kind of exhausted mm. uh, him, you know, exhausted the tank on him, and been like, okay, well, I've had my fun. Uh, this was not, you know, 24 hours of a fling where I'm still in this honeymoon period. I We've spent 72 straight hours together. Now I can just go back home, and I'm not even thinking about you because I, you weren't taken away from me prematurely in the way that she felt after he had a kind of up and leave. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true. Like, it, I think, you know, the, the, the one-night stand aspect of it has such a cheapening effect. Um in films and in real life, I guess to a certain extent, where uh, I like you know your analogy as far as like you've you've kind of exhausted um, the the runway that you have for this particular person that you're gonna meet in your life, right? Uh, and there's always gonna be something. I feel like both parties, unless I guess you're just incredibly mature, uh, and maybe you have some of those uncomfortable conversations that. Uh, Winston Shakespeare. We've not even touched. We just keep calling him Tay Diggs because it's one of the worst, <laughs> worst names. Uh, in cinematic. I mean, history. I agree with her where she was like, "Yeah, that's not really your name." <laughs> and he was like, "Winston Shakespeare. Did you know Shakespeare? Have you met my cousin, Winston?" <laughs> I uh, yeah, I, that I, makes no sense. Yeah, I, I think you've been around uh, uh, characters like that, like uh, Wesley Houston. I think you've been <laughs> Wesley, yeah. Those, we just make up this random shit yeah. and run with it. <laughs> but I, I think that she, I don't, I don't know if she feels like she's doing him a kindness. Like, oh, I shouldn't have used that poor child for for one night. But going back, you the, the amount of sort of psychic and maybe karmic damage you're gonna do <laughs> to, to yourself and him by bringing your child into it you have now like reset expectations that 
uh, sure. this young man might have had. Uh, I kept thinking not to, you know, I guess you've already pointed me out as like incredibly white on this for like dismissing Angela Bassett <laughs> as like some sort of we Marilyn, never would have known otherwise <laughs> Marilyn Monroe figure. <laughs> no, I think I've you know I'm uh, I, I've totally pulled the wool over my listeners' eyes as far as my particular perspective. I was thinking a lot of Moss, uh, black voice. Oh, God, I love Randy Moss, favorite NFL player of all time. Great voice too. Um, I actually don't know where he's from in particular, other than just broadly the South. I can't remember. South. I don't remember which state. It's not Kentucky. So, um, forgetting Sir Marshall. Is that a movie you've seen? Because yes. that is a years okay, ago. that is yeah. like <laughs> incredibly white dude's version of this. Like uh, where I guess. Jason Siegel has a modicum of success in that, but he's heartbroken. So it is the right. sad bastard version of going to, in this case, Hawaii and finding someone. Uh, I, <laughs> I kept going back to that one just because I, I didn't know of another movie where it's like a, a vacation sort of love affair that like stretches out beyond the point where maybe it should. And I, I think that, it's just something that's probably ingrained in me. Like I said earlier that I even have, I can point out like, Hey, maybe there's an unfair expectations of women when they're in what would normally be the male role, but there right. is an expectation placed on Angela Bassett's character. Because as I said, Jason Siegel is financially successful in his profession, but he has played so much as the heartbroken, sad bastard that you forgive him a lot of his mistakes and bullshit on vacation you because let him well, off the hook. Yeah, and with her, and I mean, it's the, the film frames her as such as incredibly successful, smart, and she should know better. Uh, but I almost kind of hold that. I hold that against the film, where it's like, can you let her breathe for a minute? Like, do we have to always expect her to be like the smartest voice in the room? She can be an incredibly intelligent woman and make mistakes. mistakes. But I, I feel like even the film is like, like telling the audience, like, yeah, you may be enjoying this scene, but. She's going to have to really think long and hard about what she did in the next one. <laughs> well, even going back when, when she, you know, that the one scene where she meets the, the parents, the dad, you know, I, he, I don't even know if he has any line of dialogue whatsoever, but there's like, there's no, um, they, they don't address that at all. Right. Like the mom just is like, what are you doing? You should know better. You should be ashamed. And then she's talking to um, Winston and he's like, whoops, my bad. But like, there's no moment where it's like, you know, we we're gonna prove mom wrong, or you know, mom's gonna have to have a moment of clarity, or mom's gonna get you know slapped across the the, the face. None of that happens. It's just another moment in which Stella is being told, "Hey, what you're doing is incorrect," um, with no one really amending that for her. She's supposed to amend it. It's it's a weird push pull for for a film that's a, uh, you know, it, it is a fantasy type thing uh, it was part of our problems with 50 shades where we thought both of us like as soon as you bring up i'm uncomfortable with the proceedings here you've you've, you've dialed down <laughs> the the level of escapism that you as a viewer right. can have because you're like well they asked the question so i guess now we've got to we've got to come to terms with what our characters are, are doing here uh whereas if you held off on that i, I guess i just didn't expect as much of a push pull thing to go on as long as it does and Stella and I, I'm not I mean this show's called The Grand Gesture and I don't think this one has a great one because it's pretty typical chase to the airport show up type thing yep there's not much with that scene really even hey you I can mean, go it's... to college here <laughs> what about that <laughs> and credit <Yeah. laughs> 
got that taken care of. And there were so many other times that I thought the movie was about to end, and it didn't, and it continued to drag on a little bit. Um, and then that scene pops up, and then literally, I saw the credits. I'm like, wait, that's it? That that's it, and it really with everything that we saw, where they're again to your point that that push back back and forth of of constantly seeing, hey, this isn't going to work, hey, this isn't going to work. Uh, I don't feel as though when the credits rolled that I felt very positive about the future of their relationship either, um, because tomorrow he's going to be playing PS One games again with Cheeto stains on his shirt, um, and that that same it didn't get addressed. Their core problems were never addressed. I think you bring up the age of the child is also pretty important because they're gonna they're gonna come up to be, I mean, very soon almost peers, <laughs> like like close enough in age to be have similar interests. And that window will shrink as he ages. That's that's a whole other can of worms as far as this kid yeah. uh, respecting him as his uh, mother's you know life partner at this point, new husband, uh, which I'm glad they don't get into. And I the, the I always remembered hearing like that there was like something else after because this is uh, Terry McMillan wrote this this novel, but it was based on a relationship she had, and uh, man, did that uh, that that did not end in any way that you would want a sequel. Uh, because I guess about six years after this movie came out, so like you know a decade after the the real life events that inspired the story, uh, he uh, admitted to her that he was a gay man and was just using her for green card purposes to get in the U.S. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> I mean, you can imagine there's uh, no, you know, so the only reason I bring that up is I don't think I agree with you. I don't think the film is convincing us. That it's like, well, they showed everybody that they're going to, they're going to say, like, I think that when, when it goes black, you're like, well, that's nice. I'm, I'm glad that like, you know, in that moment, uh, she can extend a kindness, but I feel like the Band-Aid has been ripped off so many times at this point. Probably should just let him get on the plane. You know, just just say just, that it just wasn't, you know, that we're not star-crossed lovers in this instance. We have real baggage here. And, right. Well, actually, I guess in his instance, he doesn't have any baggage, and that's part of the problem. <laughs> so can well, just, that's also why he can say, hey, lay on this hammock with me real quick. I've got something real quick to tell you. I'm leaving, and <laughs> when am I leaving? In an hour. (laughs) His insight is very juvenile. He doesn't even understand how such a dramatic decision, because it's a dramatic decision to move another person into your home and into your life Mm -hmm. and into your space. And he's basically hitting her with deuces versus I'm out, Um, which would speak to the fact that he doesn't understand the gravity. I mean, to to bring someone in uh, and you have a child like to that whole dynamic and he's just ready to bounce. It kind of, again, it speaks to all of her reservations that she's continued to be hit in the face with, like being right. And her friends are being right. And even at, uh, as credits roll, they're all still right. Like this doesn't look promising. Um, yet they continue to, to push forward, which is, I mean, again, it's not ridiculous. You, I mean, you see that in relationships, but still. Well, and especially in these type of movies, like, you know, marriage is like the, the, the be all end all fix or it's like, well, at least they got to that stage in their respective lives. And he seems to be saying, uh, I want to commit to you. I want to show commitment. Cause this is, this is not a passing fling for me, but I, I, I don't think that's ever the concern for her. I think, <laughs> I, I don't think he needs to prove himself to her as far as like, Oh, he's willing to stick around. I think the whole time she's thinking, do I want to stick around? This, this Absolutely. Young man, this may very well be a fling from me. I'm the one calling it that. And, 
it was awkward. It was it was not. Uh, I as I said, based on the title and the premise, I honestly thought it was uh, a woman who took a vacation and was able to like come back sort of refreshed and with clear eyes and have as much right. sex as you want and m- maybe have a slightly changed perspective on her own life. I, d- I didn't realize that she was going to be bringing back an entirely new life with her. Almost like if they had done a, an expansion of, of what Candace Bergen's character went through in book club, right? Just like, like she, she has that moment of clarity and has a new per, um, kind of perspective on her life and, and value for herself mm-hmm. in credits, like stretch that out over, over a two hour runtime. Yeah, I had no idea that she was going to come back and that he was going to come back. Uh, and, and all of these things were going to to occur um, in sign of in kind of some some messy way. Had no idea. Um, it would have been nice to have seen uh, her just have a week long period like with him. And unfortunately, it, she can't have that when she goes back. But really, Stella has her groove uh, even in the United States without him. Like it's not about the relationship. It's about how she's feeling about herself. Would have been neat to have seen. Do you have any experience with this in uh, real life? Maybe as a, probably maybe more as a friend type thing, where uh, I guess as an outsider, you've maybe maybe been prompted or felt the need to say, uh, "All right, this you know that was fine for now, but you know, <laughs> long term, <laughs> as the sort of Greek chorus, like, do you, is this is this what you want to do? Because that that's dangerous territory. I mean, we didn't neither one of us really like the friends just being like so one note. Uh, except for Whoopi Goldberg, but I mean that's an awkward conversation to have with your friends when you when you do sure. think they are kind of setting themselves up for what I perceive to be like some long term pain here, and maybe if I approach it the right way, I can I can get them to at least look at it like from a different perspective. I think when I look at especially with with uh, you know the friend group that that I have had, most of them would have kind of just laughed about it or lived vicariously through the moment, um, but wouldn't looked at it as some major life altering decision that will dramatically impact that friend's life. Right. It's just like, Oh, you're, you're in an interesting season of your life. This person's they're they're pretty young or they're pretty not kind of in the same place that you're at, but not with any sort of assumption that it would be anything more than a fleeting affair. The difference with her friend group is they didn't even allow for um, for Stella to even have a dialogue about what the nature of the relationship was. Right. Like even if she came in and said, yeah, um, we're just smashing and that's really about it. And that's just what I'm doing. We would have assumed that her friend still would have said, well, that's that's not appropriate. You, you need to have hooked up with someone that's more in line with where you're at in life. And. I don't see that a lot in, in friendships and relationships unless he was like a legitimate, like violent, like a threatening person that you were trying to, to um, have a like a light bulb moment for your friend about. Uh, otherwise, most folks kind of just hang out and, and see how it plays out um, a little <laughs> I, bit before I they think, intervene. Uh, in my experience, you talk about it with your own partner. Like, well, that ain't going to work. Like, you, know, you, might, <laughs> you might have like the, the couple's date or something. But it's all of the, the truth and advice is coming in the post-game commentary that the players in the locker room are not yet privy to. The drive home with the spouse. Yeah. What do you think of such and such as new significant? Oh, man. That person sucks. 
Like, yeah, you have those, but you don't reach out to that friend unless you see them actually falling off the ledge. It's a little bit different for us, right? Because we're not uh, we're not yet to Stella's age. Uh, you would say on this podcast, I'm like a year or two away. Uh, but and we also don't have uh, you. You are a father, but nowhere near a child that age and a product where you're going to be bringing someone else into their life. So right. the stakes are a little bit higher there, but. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, I I was hoping for a little more fun with this one. So I'm guessing, man, I am <laughs> very glad I did not watch this as a teenager because I would. I don't know. I don't think I would have made it through it. Like at least I'm looking sense. at, you know, just not not enough Tay Diggs. You know, I was a huge fan of Go back in the day, uh, where he was in the Las Vegas segment and he goes to the Champagne Room. And if I had known he was the the stud muffin in this, I would have had much higher expectations as far as like what they're doing here. Yep. Yeah. Alright. What do we got next, Derek? What is <laughs> Oh yeah. We're just getting older with our sex <laughs> couples here. Bridges of Madison County. It's more graphic though. 